Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed all the coverage of SMU's spring game and Today, we will dive into some of the takeaways from that game and also cover news of SMU's latest edition from the transfer portal. Diving into SMU's spring game, it really was about an hour and a half of a little bit of seven-on-seven, some one-on-ones with offensive defensive line, and then they went uh, into team for, for much of that hour and a half, and they broke it up into really the ones on both sides of the ball facing primarily backups. Um, and then towards the end of the spring game, it was pretty much all backups in. And a lot of the walk-ons got time for the final about 20 minutes of the showcase. But there was still a good bit to kind of glean from this spring game at Highland Park High School. It was a fun atmosphere out there on Friday night. SMU was able to uh, you know, play at Highlander Stadium and, and get some action in. But as you see... SMU started off with fireworks here, going deep to Jordan Curley. Get used to that. Preston Stone finds him on a flea flicker, uh, and then they get a little bit of Elijah Chapman involved, and you see him breaking those tackles. Uh, Preston said after the game that uh, he kind of short-armed that one to Elijah Chapman. He might have gotten a little bit of um, momentum going and run over some guys if he, he if he had given him a little bit of a better ball there, but the ones got a good bit of time in. Um, there's uh, kind of an overthrow from Preston Stone going for Romello Brinson, uh, who was covered by Sam Westfall, who saw his first action really of the spring. He's had a, a class that has kept him out of practice um, as he you know gets close to graduating. So uh, he's kind of been working out on his own, hasn't practiced much, but uh, a veteran who got some time in the spring game. And, you know, SMU gave... Uh, Jalen Knighton, kind of a light load. Um, we mentioned in our spring game preview podcast that, look, the Miami running back transfer has been sensational during spring, and um, they really didn't do too much with him um, when it comes to uh, giving him the ball. Got a couple carries in there. Uh, but it was LJ Johnson who saw a lot of carries and production. He had a run late in the spring game uh, that was really impressive, you know, being able to to show a little bit of that explosiveness. Belton Gardner had a nice day, as you see some good cuts and good conviction with the way he ran the ball in the spring game. So SMU's three running backs that they you know rolled out there for the most part, um, as well as Brandon Epton, uh, who had a nice spring game. Uh, I feel like when we look back at you know the skill position players who, who got in on the action, I think two stood out to me the most, and that is uh, Jordan Curley, and Roderick Daniels. And, and look, Romello Brinson had a couple of big play opportunities too. Uh, he had one called back on a push off uh, that would have been a touchdown and it was the right call, but there he got open and, you know, it showed some of that athleticism. But for me, Jordan Curley showed and granted he was, you know, facing again, primarily backups, but he showed you that speed. He showed you that top end 
playmaking playmaking ability that we've talked about so much during spring practice. And for him, it was exactly what you wanted. You know, him and Preston Stone display that uh, chemistry that they've been building. And also, you know, the work that Jordan Curley's put in during this spring. You know, he's a bigger wide receiver now after adding 10 to 15 pounds. He has that route running ability that is really impressive. Um, but that big play threat is what he's going to bring to this SMU offense. He's got plenty of speed. Uh, he comes from a family of speed, and he showed that on Friday night. So I was really impressed uh, with Jordan Curley and Roderick Daniels. He had a couple of nice catches, uh, took some screens, made some big plays. You saw in the highlights, uh, or if you watch the full spring spring game on our uh, YouTube channel, um, you know you saw him make some plays over the middle in the passing game. He took some screens and, and made some nice moves for a big game. So if you haven't subscribed to the uh, On the Pony Express YouTube channel, we're now over a thousand subscribers on the channel and you can hit that subscribe button. Keep helping us out on that front. Spread the word on that. We appreciate it. Now, when I look at you know how Roger Daniels was used, that was what I was looking for out of the spring game. Jake Bailey, Dylan Goffney sat out the spring game as they have all spring, uh, as they are pretty much now recovered from injuries and we will be back for fall camp but roger daniels has been used in a multitude of ways during spring taking handoffs uh taking swing passes getting into the screen game and of course you know taking some shots down the middle of the field and and being you know a man beater out of that slot position and i was very impressed with him you know that was i think kind of the exclamation point on the spring that he wanted to have and then from there you kind of look at you know the smu offense the ones uh, you know, Preston Stone did some nice things. I think, you know, they tagged some of those deep routes, which I was happy about. You know, they wanted to get him uh, some more work down the field and also keep it relatively low key. I mean, they didn't they didn't do anything that really, um, you know, shocked anyone when it came to, you know, how they were going to you know go out, go about uh, the spring game. But uh, this is a this is a group that you know, got a good bit of time together during the spring. They've been able to uh, work on their timing and work on a bunch of different things. Um, and and it's no surprise that, you know, he was able to, you know, move the offense. They I think they scored on two of four really drives together. Uh, he was quick with the football. Um, and look, this is an offensive line that was able to give him some time. As you see this dime to Moochie Dixon. Um, and actually, I think he scored, a, they scored on three of four drives. Um, so this this one you see here was out, but then he he has a nice little play coming up to uh, RJ Maryland for the touchdown on a scramble. Um, and so this is uh, kind of the cap of his night uh, to get RJ Maryland into the end zone. RJ Maryland played you know really hard. He had a um, uh, you know a really nice couple of really nice catches over the middle. He took a big hit from Brian Massey uh, and popped right up. We'll talk about him in a second, but. Look, LJ Johnson continued to show his impressive, you know, burst and speed. I felt like it was a win-win all around for the SMU offense with what they were able to bring uh, to this spring game. And even Teddy Knox got in on the action. He got nicked up a little bit late in the spring game, but had a couple nice catches, made some nice moves, um, and and picked up some first downs for this offense. So I, I can't say enough about, you know, look, this was a group that, was facing a defense that was primarily backups, but you have to like that kind of confidence boosting. And and for Rhett Lashley, he talked about, you know, getting through the spring um, healthy. And that was exactly what they did. 
They came away from that spring game without pretty much any major injuries. I know uh, Zane Miners got nicked up, the the uh, former walk-on running back, uh, got nicked up at the end of the spring game. Teddy Knox ended up jogging off after kind of a – looked like a kind of an ankle tweak or something. Uh, but uh, they did get out of it healthy. I think the offense built some confidence going against the twos. And, look, it was fun for everyone. It was a nice night out there in Highland Park. And I, I think looking looking ahead now, uh, this SMU offensive line uh, is now kind of the focal point, as well as the tight end room as far as building depth through the transfer portal. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, after, um, you know, the the spring game recap winds down. But uh, they were able to, you know, control things for the most part. There were there wasn't much pressure on Preston Stone, which you would expect. They, they faced, a you know, kind of a defensive line that, you know, again, was primarily backups. Um, but um, you then uh, get a look at what Brian Massey was able to do on the defensive side of the ball. He really, you know, made a statement. I felt like he had a missed tackle, um, but had really kind of penned uh, the runner in, so there wasn't much more to it as far as a gain. Um, and look, uh, you know, he had an interception uh, that he returned for a touchdown, and and that I believe came off of Kevin Henry Jennings. Um, but it was a, it was just a great read, great read over the middle. And he intercepts it and returns it for a touchdown. Uh, that was what I wanted to see from Brian Massey. He played with an edge. He had a good pop uh, on a player during uh, the spring game as well. So showing that physicality. Jonathan McGill, I believe, had a sack as well. So that safety room, I think you saw um, a really nice group of safeties back there for SMU. Brandon Crosley had some really nice tackles. I know he upended a guy. Um, a, a runner during the spring game as well. Um, I, overall, I was just impressed uh, with what they were able to do. I, I think that's a safety room that uh, didn't really allow too much uh, deep passing. Again, when you got it, you look at the spring game, you got to know that it was you know, ones facing backups on both sides of the ball for the most part, and they were able to keep things ahead of them for the most part, um, and and just overall uh, stifle whoever was on the the opposing side of the offense, but, um, you know, Kevin Henry Jennings, you know, through that interception, he, he had some passes. He probably wants back, you know, kind of some inaccurate throws here and there, but he also showed, you know, that arm, he had, he had a couple nice passes down the field, um, that went for big plays. Um, and, and he was able to, uh, you know, get some of those other guys, some other backups on the SMU offense involved. Uh, the defense, I, I think the big thing is the pressure they were able to get. Again, going against the second-team offense, you expect that kind of dominance um, from your starting defense. And I, I really feel like Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, um, we saw Nelson Paul, uh, multiple guys really flash overall from the defensive side of the ball. And that's what you wanted. Um, this whole spring game, I, I think now looking back, and we didn't, necessarily know exactly what it was going to look like if it was going to be a full game which it, which it was in the end um after a little bit of you know warm up and 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 seven on seven and things like that but primarily a game um it, it was you know a feel good kind of atmosphere you know you have your starters going against the backups um and and there's there are some good things to take away there's really also not too much else that you can sit back there and really say, okay, that was that was really good. That was you know important that happened and, and things like that. Um, so I, I like the setup for for SMU. Uh, they had a, a ton of recruits on campus. 
a lot of their top targets um, were there as well. And we'll cover that. We're going to do a recruiting podcast later this week and, and kind of dive into, um, uh, you know, where things stand with some of their top targets as now the coaching staff will get geared up to uh, go on the road here soon. They'll, they'll have some exit meetings. Uh, they'll be able to, um, they'll, they'll be able to, you know, sit down with some of the players and, and, and address kind of where they, um, where they, you know, stand and, and what they expect from them moving forward. Uh, this is, you know, a team that I don't expect too much uh, as far as surprises go from the transfer portal. And that transfer portal window opened on Saturday, the day after the SMU spring game. Um, and for the SMU staff, you know, they're going to be, again, meeting with players um, and, and, you know, working through, um, again, the expectations going forward now that spring is in the books for this team. I, I think if you look at players that could be looking to find a new home, we did find out about two. Um, Bobby Duncombe. Uh, a former uh, blue shirt uh, for SMU defensive end out of Austin did enter the transfer portal. And Danielson Ike uh, did announce that he's looking to play college football elsewhere. Uh, Danielson Ike was a former uh, highly touted prospect coming out of the Kansas City area. Never panned out. Um, you know, I think really just uh, he came to SMU and, and you know, sometimes you can't, you can, but you can't fault uh, players, but he went, full in on on going to school at SMU and um, I believe he's going to graduate so good for him um, but he just you know didn't end up embracing the football side of things like they had hoped so those two guys are out the door uh, they hadn't been on the team so it's not a big deal uh, in that respect but um, those are two notable early transfer portal entries for SMU um, I expect there to be some other players that do jump into the mix at some point uh, to enter the transfer portal. And there'll be, you know, players that don't really surprise you. You know, they're players that haven't been with the team that haven't played a lot um, and, and, you know, are going to look for a fresh start elsewhere, probably drop down a level of play overall. So um, I, I think this is a, this is going to be that final, maybe that, that final purge, of players that aren't necessarily going to contribute to SMU uh, this season and they move on. They've been, you know, with the prior staff, they've been, um, you know, players that, again, haven't really um, jumped in to being contributors like the SMU staff would have hoped. Uh, and that goes back to, uh, you know, uh, Sonny Dykes as well. As far as some final spring takeaways, I think overall, um, I think Preston Stone you know, makes you feel a little bit better about where he's at. Um, his development throwing the football down the field uh, was really, uh, I think, honestly, night and day from when it started. Um, that was one of the first things we noticed is that he was not uh, throwing the football down the field the way you would have wanted him to in this offense. Uh, and developed into a uh, really nice downfield passer by the end of spring. And I think that's important. You know, that's that's as he develops his chemistry with his wide receivers, you wanted him to uh, continue to show that he could be that guy to lead this offense. Um, and, and to do that, you have to throw the football down the field. So uh, to cap his spring with uh, a few big plays really impressed me. Um, it was, it was exactly kind of what you wanted 
three touchdown passes on four possessions, uh, two of which went to Jordan Curley, had a nice deep pass to Moochie Dixon. Um, and look, I, I think um, the running back position is a group that you feel good about. You have Tyler Levine, who sat out uh, for the spring as he recovered from injury. Kamar Wheaton was a non-factor. He was suspended. He was um, coming back. He was nicked up. Um, Rhett Lashley said he could have played on Friday, but they just held him out out of precaution. But the way that Jalen Knighton, LJ Johnson, and Belton Gardner ran the ball, and Brandon Brandon Epton at times, ran the ball during spring, makes you feel good about that running back room. The offensive line along the interior is something that um, you know still kind of concerns me when it comes to uh, you know how they looked in the spring, but help is on the way. Ja'Kai Clark, uh, the Miami transfer, and Logan Parr, the Texas transfer, are arriving this summer, as well as three freshman offensive linemen. And Justin Osborne is expected back by fall camp. So um, the offensive tackle position has really been solidified well um, by uh, Hyron White coming in at right tackle and Marcus Bryant holding down the left side. So the offensive line work in progress, but uh, they did a fairly good job this spring with what they had. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that position battle rage on in fall camp. I think the development of the linebacker room, and we'll go into that in a minute uh, with the transfer edition, but uh, the development of Chris Adamora was really impressive. Uh, he converted from safety, moved down to linebacker, and he looks the part now of a linebacker. And I think it was important for him to have that type of a, of a, a breakthrough spring. Obviously, he's going into what is his last season of college football, so it's his money year, so to speak. And he's going to try to make himself some by – having a strong year at linebacker, but I was really impressed with how quickly he picked up and you could see the developments from the beginning of spring to the end of spring, just how quickly it kind of came to him. He's not a finished product by any means, but I was really impressed with him. Uh, Ahmad Walker is, is a, you know, your, your no doubt starter there. And, um, you know, it's going to be a good one for SVU. Jaquandis Burns uh, is another that is going to be factoring in. And then Alex Kilgore, who had a couple nice tackles in the spring game, uh, is going to be a really good linebacker. It was apparent. Uh, a lot of people, you know, were, were, you know, impressed with the way he developed. And then he came out in the spring game and had an, a few nice tackles. So he, there was kind of some buzz around him from various people that were just catching the game uh, that he impressed. Then finally, that secondary, uh, it's just night and day, the way they look compared to the start of spring, or I guess I should say dating back to last season. Uh, with the new faces that are in there, uh, Jalen Davis Robinson had a really nice play, uh, had a nice tackle. He wasn't afraid to stick his nose in there. We talked about Brian Massey and the safety group having a strong spring game. I, I think you've got to feel good about where that group stands entering the offseason. And then, of course, you've got the big guys up front uh, that really uh, were able to um, you know, hold down uh, that front line really well and make it difficult for this SMU offense at various points of the spring uh, to move the football. Um, they, they made it difficult on the backups uh, Friday night. And I, I think that size has just been you know, a huge deal. And, and we'll see. I think they still try to address that position through the transfer portal. So um, that's about it on the SMU spring game. It's been a fun, fun spring. Hope you, guys in, hope you guys enjoyed our coverage of spring ball, notebooks, uh, practice highlights and interviews. We'll have much more on the team as as we now take stock in in uh, you know spring being over and uh, what's next for this SMU team. 
Speaking of what's next, the SMU Mustangs did pick up a transfer edition. Temple linebacker Kobe Wilson, uh, a guy who has two years of eligibility remaining, announced on Twitter on Sunday that he was headed to Dallas for the rest of his college career. He was at the spring game on Friday. He's been a consistent uh, producer for the Owls over the last two years. In 2020, he broke out, played five games as a true freshman uh, coming out of Georgia, uh, out of uh, Snellville, Georgia. Uh, he went to Parkview High School. He was a really highly touted recruit, had a lot of you know high-profile offers. Ended up, I think, you know, he ends up going to Temple. But I think his size, he ends up being about, I think he's about six foot. He's about 220. I think some of those big-time programs opted for bigger, taller guys. You know, that ends up being kind of the case. But a very productive linebacker in high school and a guy that was on the radar very early. I, I think I interviewed him way back in the day. But um, in 2021, all 12 games, 51 total stops, four tackles for loss, and a sack and a forced fumble. He He's had a forced fumble in every year of his college career. In 2022, made 64 total tackles, 38 that were solo, five and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, two pass breakups, a forced fumble, and picked up two fumbles. This is a really nice addition for SMU because you have a guy in a mod walker who's your no doubt starter. And then you have three players who have been vying for playing time during spring. And now you can pick up a transfer addition in Kobe Wilson who can factor in right away. Um, I, I think he's got that ability uh, to to play uh, various positions. Um, he could play Mike. He could play Will. He could come off the edge. Um, in a sense, Scott Simons can move him around. Uh, but as you see on the film here, uh, he's got that uh, ability to read and diagnose. I think he does a really nice job staying off of blocks. Um, and, and, you know, I think for somebody like him, he's exactly what SMU needed. You know, you don't want to put too much on Alex Kilgore's plate, although you expect him to play um, at a decent clip um, as a true freshman. This allows him maybe a little bit more time to develop, but uh, it also provides a good bit of competition. You know, they, they bring in um, Kobe Wilson, two years of eligibility remaining. When Chris Adamora leaves next year, then you have somebody uh, who's got that ability to also kind of, you know, be that, you know, one year left guy in the room. So you've addressed it in multiple ways with this pickup of Kobe Wilson, as you see some of the highlights here um, from uh, his Twitter post uh, with, with his highlights when he entered uh, the portal and uh, SMU got on him quickly. You know, he's a guy that they've been uh, recruiting for a long, long time and, um, you know, kind of kept it quiet. Uh, but I can tell you they're, they're pretty excited about him. Uh, jumping on board and uh, he'll be able to factor in right away. And and I think, you know, what you want from him is to bring him in and he provides competition. He could end up being a starter. And if he does, that means he's probably done a really nice job picking up the defense quickly. And uh, again, he's, he's not the tallest guy. He's maybe six foot, you know, five eleven ish, um, but he's got that ability uh, at the AAC level to produce and has done that uh, for multiple years now. And, and in a, you know, a bad temple program, I don't know how long Stan Drayton will uh, actually last there, um, but he's, you know, 
you know, loses one of his, you know, contributors uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball. And SMU is the beneficiary of that. Um, and he's played some special teams too. Uh, he's a guy that'll definitely push uh, Chris Adamora and Jaquandis Burns. And I think that's, that's what you want. You know, if you're Cam Farrar, um, I, I think he is somebody now that, um, you know, is, is, has to step up this off season. Um, you know, Cam Farrar is kind of in a similar, similar mold as Kobe Wilson, um, but hasn't had the production, hasn't produced uh, like they would have wanted to him to. And you have Brandon Maizano, uh, the freshman coming in this summer. This linebacker room now has just the right amount of linebackers, I feel like. I don't know if they'll take a second linebacker unless it's somebody really, really good. Um, but uh, this is a really nice pickup for SMU in Kobe Wilson as the NCAA transfer portal window opens. Uh, they also hosted... Um, Judo Colo, uh, the Illinois State defensive line transfer uh, this weekend uh, for a, an official visit. He's going to check out Marshall. Uh, he's also going to check out um, UConn, I believe. So he's got three official visits. He's about 6'4", 290 pounds. Uh, he had 21 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss in nine games last year. Obviously, Keenan Hall spent some time with him at Illinois State, uh, and he'll um, have two years of eligibility remaining. I think SMU is going to be in the hunt for multiple uh, defensive linemen, a pass rusher, and a true uh, hand-in-the-dirt guy, and Judo Colo is one of those guys to certainly watch. You know, he did visit. He's got some ties uh, to the program with Keenan Hall, uh, but he is going to take more visits. He's going to uh, see what else is out there, uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. But I think SMU is going to be gunning for a pass rusher, especially with Jalen Samuels' future potentially up in the air since he's been suspended, and a hand-in-the-dirt defensive lineman. Because if you can add a guy that has size and length and maybe a little bit of production or a younger player who's on the come up, uh, who's highly touted and looks like you know they've got a bright future, that could be important for SMU as far as addressing the defensive line and rounding it out because you've got – Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, Devere Levelston, and Elijah Chapman as your consistent hand-in-the-dirt guys. You do have David Abiara, Stefan Wright, Mike Johan, Sanjo, and Jiki, who have shown some, some promise, especially Stefan Wright and David Abiara, that they could grow into contributors for you. But they need somebody to really address kind of that backup nose tackle position. If they can get a big, big body, um, uh, to add to that mix, that would be probably one of the biggest things SMU could do in the transfer portal, um, you know, when it comes to addressing that need. Uh, if they can get that big backup, either somebody who is going to finish up his college career and, and wants to, you know, play on a winning team or, um, again, kind of maybe, maybe a highly touted younger player, that would be important uh, to – uh, really providing that depth, you know, being like, like if they could get somebody who could give you Terrence Newman like reps, that would not be a bad thing, but you, you would want him to be like a six, four, 330 pounder, add some size, add some length, not just, you know, kind of a squatty uh, nose tackle like Terrence uh, was. So um, on the transfer front, I do think tight end is going to be a big position of need for SMU um, we saw RJ Maryland last year, what he could do. We saw it in the spring game. He's got a very bright future. And Nolan Matthews Harris, 
you know, got some good burn with the second team. But look, that's a position that's thin on guys that have been proven contributors. They need somebody that they can also bring in and maybe play as a more consistent blocking tight end. I think that's important. I will note, I saw Trip Reardon, uh, 2023 SMU signee out of Frisco, uh, Frisco Wakeland, um, over at the uh, SMU spring game. And um, he really looks like he's added some size. I mean, he was all of 6'5 and probably about 250 pounds. Um, I'm going to catch up with Trip and and we'll we'll do an interview about what he saw from the spring game. But he's going to come in and, and provide some instant size. I mean, quite frankly, SMU doesn't have a tight end on the roster that looks like him. That's how big uh, he is. And he was standing on the sideline. He kind of looked like a former player in a sense with that size. But um, so SMU will have Trip Reardon come on campus. Adam Moore will come on campus. But they do need somebody who's maybe a veteran tight end that they can bring in and provide um, instant impact as far as blocking, maybe a little bit of, you know, the receiving side of things to, you know, help the offense stay versatile. But um, they're going to be on the hunt for a tight end. And I think they're on the hunt for an outside receiver. Uh, that is a position that SMU would like one more guy to come in and provide some depth. Uh, or you can maybe find a younger guy who's kind of the future. Uh, but look, they like what Romello Brinson did during the spring. He came on late. Mucci Dixon was terrific. Obviously, you've got Jordan Curley and Keyshawn Smith. Those are your, your likely starters on the outside. But a big body receiver, uh, a red zone threat, that would be a position that I think SMU would like to address, and I'm interested to see if anybody pops up that catches their eye. Finally, uh, I switch back over to the defense, um, or excuse me, let me take one more uh, stab at a transfer portal um, position of need, and I do think offensive linemen, they would like to take one more. I think they know how thin offensive line can get quickly, and if they could find somebody in the transfer portal that is versatile, like an offensive guard, tackle um somebody who's played multiple positions that has a lot of size and experience um i will mention and i'm not saying that it's happening but cedar former cedar hill offensive lineman Cortland ford did enter the transfer portal uh he is uh coming from usc after multiple years of contributing uh to um usc he's on the move smu has some ties to him sonny dykes and his staff passed on him uh coming out of high school when he had some knee issues but now he's in the portal. I would think Texas Tech is going to be in there. Uh, of course, Joey McGuire, the former Cedar Hill coach. But SMU is going to be um, probably kicking the tires on Cortland Ford. It, it would be kind of that final piece to solidifying the offensive line in the near future. Because you have Marcus Bryant. You have Hyron White. Hyron White's gone after this year. P.J. Williams looks like your future right tackle. Maybe he switch, switches over long term and plays left. After Marcus Bryant leaves, you know, maybe after this year, maybe after next. But then you have Cortland Ford, who uh, did battle some injuries during spring uh, with USC. Maybe he could even be a guy that, you know, they bring in and, and they take it slow with. And you, you say, you know, your body's beat up. Maybe you are uh, the starting right tackle the next year. And they flip P.J. Williams over. Basically, there could be some really interesting shuffling on SMU's offensive line depending on how this group plays its cards. If Marcus Bryant goes out and has, you know, an all AAC best offensive tackle in the league type of season, he could be out after next year and go to the NFL draft. So 
continuing to take care of this offensive line from a depth and talent perspective would be a reason why I would at least kick the tires and, and strongly consider taking a Cortland Ford who just entered the transfer portal from USC. Um, finally, I do think they're going to hunt for a safety. I, I think that's a position that, again, showed a lot of promise in the spring. Brandon Crosley, uh, Brian Massey, Jonathan McGill, Ahmad Moses, CJ Sanders, Isaiah Wachobia, all are really factors in there. But Isaiah Wachobia, unproven back there since his freshman year. You also have, um, you know, that that probably feeling that if if you get hit with the injury bug, you, there can't be a drop off. That's the big thing that when I I talk and kind of kick around, you know, all right, who could they go after? It's always we don't want to drop off. That's the big thing that's kind of been reiterated to me is when an injury happens, we take this guy and look at it and say, is there going to be a drop off? We hope not. Now, there are certain players that you're going to have, absolutely have a drop off, but that's been the key for SMU as far as assembling its transfer class. They, from a talent perspective, don't want there be, to be a drop off. There might be players that need to contribute uh, or continue to, to develop and continue to find their way. But from a pure talent perspective, it needs to make sense. And I think safety is a position that SMU would see a lot of sense in adding as well. So with that, guys, uh, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it kicking off your Monday. We'll be back and kind of do a, a deeper dive on uh, the recruiting front, uh, as well as uh, maybe more transfer portal news. We'll continue to monitor that and see what happens as the portal window is open. It is open until April 30th, and then uh, it'll close back down. And, and obviously, if you're not in there by, by then, you, you have to wait. But they can host guys in May. They can host guys in June. Um, but the goal would be for these guys to be on campus by June. So lots of good stuff to come at OnThePonyExpress.com. If you're listening to this and aren't a subscriber, $10 for four months ends tonight. Um, last day of our spring game special. So be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com and we will catch you guys later in the week with another edition of the recruiting podcast. So have a great Monday and enjoy the rest of your week and we'll talk to you guys later this week. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.